0: In truth, nothing can dim your magnificence. You are a divine spark, a universal light. You are here on purpose. You are part of a divine plan. And it's our joy to support you. Welcome to Angel Heart Radio. Powered by love, Angel Heart Radio is brought to you by angellight777.com. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on Angel Heart Radio. I'm Annette McCoy. With me this morning is Janet Hickox. And we're talking about the upcoming eclipse. I'd like to remind you all that these shows should never replace your legal, medical, nor professional advice, nor your own sound judgment. Please listen, please be entertained, please maybe be educated because I'm sure I will be this morning. <laughs> and then, Janet, I'm fascinated about eclipses. I can remember at primary school being told that we weren't allowed to look directly at the sun during an eclipse. And I think we had to put use a pinprick in a yes! piece of paper. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Like, like a piece of cardboard with a little hole in it. Yes. And, yeah. And then you ah. could see it. Yeah. And and we, we did that too, but that's a solar eclipse. The solar right. eclipse won't occur until June. So this uh, this coming month, May, it is a lunar eclipse, which you can look at if it's visible from where you are and dang it. I forgot to check and see what the times were for the eclipse in Australia. Um,
0: oh, right. Yes, but be I different. would,
1: yeah, it'll be different. And I I'm thinking it'll be daylight so that you won't be able to see it. I think the West coast of the U S sees it because it's going to be like at four 14 in the morning, it'll still be sort of dark. Right. Um, but you know, the further East you go, the less likely you're going to see it because the the sun will be out. Yes. Um, but it's okay. And I decided Annette, <laughs> as I always do, as I'm getting, you know, pumped up about what is it we're going to talk about. I decided there was more to talk about than just the eclipse for May. May is Mm -hmm. sort of an interesting month astrologically and from a human design perspective, as uh, there are a couple of big things happening. So uh, I thought we would take a look, an overview, if you will, of the month with the culmination of that, of the month being the eclipse. How's that?
0: That sounds fantastic. Now, before we get into it, Janet, I would like to welcome Pauline, who has joined us in the chat room. And I would like to remind everybody, wherever you are watching this at the moment, if you are watching us live, please come over to the Angel Heart Radio Facebook page, because from there, you can join in the chat. You can ask questions and we love the interaction.
1: So, yes, come on over.
0: And Pauline, thank you so, so much for
1: joining us. It's great to see you. Great to have you with us, Pauline. And uh, anybody else who's out there that will see this broadcast even later, welcome. <laughs> and we're sure to have a good time. We always do, don't we, Annette? We're always learning something, uh, finding out new details, and uh, just having some fun together. We are. In We're fact, very, when... <laughs> very fortunate. <laughs> and I'm stunned, Janet, at how quickly the months come around. I know. When you when you sent that email, I'm like, no, there's another week. Then I realized that you're your we we always meet on the fourth uh, Thursday in your time zone, but it's yes, Wednesday yes. in mine. And I'm like, but it's not the fourth week yet. <laughs> but then I went, Oh, that's right. It is the fourth week from your point of view. So uh, I was like, Oh yeah. So let's Put the thinking cap on. What are we going to talk about? (laughs) And it just so happens that May gives us several really good and interesting, let's say, things that we can chat about. Um, So we're going to do May highlights, kind of um, looking at the big news of the month. And of course, jumping right into it, Mercury is the, the big player of the month, besides, of course, the eclipse later in the month. As right as we begin the month, around May 3rd, Mercury will be moving into the sign of Gemini, a sign he rules. So all of us Geminis are like, you (laughs) know. but it's actually not a bad thing. It'll be a good thing. And he will be in Gemini for an extended period of time, May 3rd to July 10th. And that's because he is going to be moving into his next retrograde phase. And the shadow of that retrograde phase is on May 14th. And so Mm -hmm. from May 14th to about July 7th to 10th, we are in the complete cycle of Mercury in his retrograde phase. And a retrograde phase just means that, you know, the planet in its forward motion is coming up to the degree at which he will turn or she will turn retrograde. And then it, they're in the span um, of degrees let's say that they will be in in the retrograde so they'll hit a certain spot turn retrograde and go backward over the same degrees of the zodiac that they had been in already so we uh-huh. have this time of sort of reflection reevaluation. um checking back inward for um, corrections that might need to be made or maybe something that will have to change uh, in retrospect, right? And then the planet will move forward again. And as the planet moves forward, we swing through those same degrees. But now with a um, a new point of view, perhaps, or with new information under our belts that we can take with us, into the next part of the mercury cycle. And it's really interesting because I've really gotten into this idea of cycles lately. I mean, like everything to me is a cycle. And it is, it's true. Everything is right. Every Mm -hmm. energy has a cycle through uh, it's, you know, rise to the height of it and then it's passing down through the lower frequency phase of it and then back again. And we could look at it as a pendulum swing, even as the pendulum swings to the left, then it comes back through the point at which it originated and off to (laughs) the right and then swings back through. So everything has a natural cycle in our, in our lives. We have these natural cycles. Well, planets have these natural cycles too and mercury has a very interesting cycle because it's relatively short compared to say the earth where this we go around the sun every 365.25 i think it is days Mm -hmm. mercury goes around the sun in 88 days oh really a a very quick time period that this little planet so he is consequently almost um so close to the sun that the period of time that we're going through the cycle comes very quickly. Like every few weeks, there's a new point in the cycle. And the cycle that Mercury has begins in retrograde, right? At the point he enters into retrograde, we're starting to finish out the old cycle. And then we have the conjunction of the, of Mercury in retrograde with the sun. that is where the new cycle of Mercury begins, Ah. not in the other conjunction when he's on the other side of the sun, uh, when he's not in retrograde, his new cycle actually begins when we're in the deepness of the cycle. So it's almost counterintuitive. I think when you, when, when you think about you know, the beginning of things, we usually think of the sun cycle beginning with January 1st or at the winter solstice, let's say, and and then, or the spring equinox or the fall equinox in your part of the world. And that then that's the beginning of a new cycle. But in this case, the cycle begins when Mercury is in a conjunction to the sun, but in retrograde. So what we see with Mercury then is the cycle begins with an internal focus not with Mm -hmm. an external focus. And during retrograde, then we have a very keen time to work with the things that are going on within us. What little seeds has uh, Mercury brought to you? Like, for example, where we are right now, let's see, what is the date today? It's April 21st here, so 22nd 22nd. for you. And uh, so in about a week, we're going to end up at the greatest elongation of mercury from the sun. And that just means the furthest out that he gets from the sun uh, on his way back inward toward the earth. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Uh, so he yeah. swings out wide and then he comes back to the earth and that that's a, that's just a week away. And then a week after that, or two weeks after that, excuse me, he enters into the retrograde zone and then into retrograde uh, just a, you know, a, three two and a half weeks later and then mm-hmm. he's in retrograde for three weeks and and so the his cycle's moving right along. It's a pretty fast clip even though you're in <laughs> when Mercury's retrograde sometimes you're feeling like it's forever. Um, wow. But the the beginning of the cycle for us right now was actually back February 18th right? That was the last time that Mercury was in the position of starting seeding um, Mm -hmm. something new. And so we're actually coming into the closing of the cycle. So much like the moon, when we talk about the moon, we have the new moon, we have the first quarter, which is uh, the halfway point between the new moon and the full moon. Then we have the full moon. And then we have the time between uh, the full moon and the next new moon called the third quarter moon. So the same thing happens with Mercury. There are these quarterly cycle times that, um, that we're going through. First, when he's seeding something, a new thought, a new idea, mm-hmm. an inspiration driven by the sun and where the sun is at the time that they make the conjunction. And then now it's coming into its fullness. So that's what we're seeing now in our Mercury cycle, things that were seeded for us around February 18th are coming closer and closer to the culmination point or the time in the moon cycle between the full moon and the new moon. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to everybody. And you, if anybody gets confused, they can type that out to you and let me know. Excellent. Yeah. So consequently, a lot of us should be sort of looking to what things are coming into fruition at this point in time, mm-hmm. and, or what's coming into a completion. And what is it that we might have to, because Mercury rules the mind and communication, this might be the time where we're beginning to really like we're filled up with all the new information that we could possibly take in like the new moon or the, the mercury seeding that occurred and the information that we took in over that period of time between February 18th and now is beginning to have to become integrated within us. Like we're full up, we're full up to the top. We can't take in anything new. So we have to integrate all the ideas, let go of the ones that aren't working and begin the process of deciding Um, what, what of those ideas are we gonna hold with, right? And now with Mercury moving into the sign of Gemini in early May, we're back to a period of time with a lot of curiosity attached to it, a lot of pulling on threads of interest and where do I wanna take this and what more is possible and just following curiosity. So for the next several weeks, all the way up through July now, Uh, Is this time for us to be open minded and Uh to not close down our minds and believe that everything we see is all that there is, um, but to look more at possibilities. If you remember way back in January, when you and I had our Mm -hmm. first show of the year, and I said the one main energy of this year was about possibilities. Here's another iteration of that where we're seeing the next level arising uh, for the period of time in the early late spring and early summer of possibilities that might have been planted as seeds back January, February, that are now starting to pop through the surface and for us to actually decide what we're going to do with it. So if you're finding yourself in that position and then mercury turns retrograde, (laughs) um, it may mean that you have some rethinking to do over the next few weeks as to what that idea is you might have to flesh it out more maybe maybe there wasn't enough information in the time period that would give you a real inkling about what you're meant to do with it or maybe there's too much and you're trying to do something a- around everything and you can't do that so this is going to be an interesting time as our minds are swirling because gemini energy is very mind oriented and very quick mm-hmm. thinking, and at the same time, finding ourselves in a part of the cycle where we may have to let go of some of those things that we thought we wanted to do um, because it's just not, we're not able to do it all, right? We can all do uh, so much of it and do it well. I mean, we could try to do it all, mm-hmm. but we might not do it so well. So we have to, you know, that's this period of time that we're in right now to really. You know, take in less than what you are letting out of your mind. Does that make sense Fantastic. to you? Fantastic. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Now, Pauline made a comment. Mm-hmm. Mercury harvest time seeding
1: since 218. Mm-hmm. Mercury seeded in February. And now it is coming to its conclusion. It came to its fullness just last week where we had the superior on Sunday. On Sunday, we had the superior conjunction of Mercury and the sun. Superior Mm -hmm. conjunction just means that the order of the universe at that point goes Earth, Sun, Mercury, as opposed to the inferior conjunction where it goes Earth, Mercury, Sun. Sun. So in other words, Mm -hmm. Mercury's on the backside of the sun. And now we're moving to this next period of time, the superior conjunction is like the full moon, right? Where things are coming into fullness. And now it's going to be less and less likely that we can take in any more information, any more new ideas until we decide how we're going to integrate everything that's come in since February. So some people may have a tough time with that because, you know, we're kind of like, um, we get kind of excited and we, we want to hold on to everything. So mm-hmm. we're not going to be able to hold on to everything. We want to hold on to the things that are the most important for us, the most important ideas, the, the ideas that actually have gained some traction since then right? While you may have all these other things that you were thinking about doing or wanting to do or wanting to experience, they may not have gained traction enough to really be something that's part of this cycle. You don't have to throw them out. You just kind of set them to the side and see what energy pops up for them uh, after this cycle Mm -hmm. is completed, right? So there's that. Now, for those of you who know your own astrology charts, you might want to know where is this happening in my chart? So when you look at a chart, um, in fact, do I, I'm going to share my screen for a second because I do believe, yes, I did. Now, this is completely a different chart, but we'll pretend for the moment. Oops, I have to do it first in Zoom. (laughs) Share. (laughs) Here we go. Now, this is a completely different chart, and I'll be explaining what this chart's all about in a minute. But just to show people, give people an idea of where this is occurring, this here is the sign of Gemini. It's the sign of the twins, so it almost looks like the Roman numeral two. So that's where you want to find first in your own chart. Find where it is in the chart. Now, you'll notice that the sign is attached to a pie-shaped piece in the chart that's called a house, So this pie-shaped piece here, if this were a person, is the first house, the house of the self. So this person, if this were a person, we could say their um, Mercury retrograde is occurring in the first house. So right here. And then the degree span that this will occur in, if you know your chart, you know where your planets are, will be between 25 and Uh, 16 degrees of Gemini. So that's about, here's about 25 right here. And here would be about, let's see, that's five ten. So 16 right here. So this last quarter or this last third, if you will, of the sign of Gemini is where Mercury is going to retrograde. And as you can see, if this were a person, there would be planets involved here. There might be, there's Venus. And there's Mercury itself. So this person would be having a Mercury return. So that person would have planets affected by Mercury retrograde. Mm -hmm. And that makes it maybe a little more intense, depending on the planets. In this case, it's Mercury and Venus. Those are personal planets. So I would expect this person, if it were a real person to be undergoing some kind of changes, maybe uh, because Venus is here, maybe a new beauty regimen, right? Getting your hair cut in a different way, wearing new colors of makeup, changing your, your style of clothing. And with Mercury here, changing maybe your style of thinking or really asking the questions, where is my mind focused? So that's how you would look at that in your own personal chart. First you'd find where Gemini is and then where you would find the house that it's gonna be affecting, right? If this is uh, say in somebody's 10th house it's gonna be affecting their career. If it's in somebody's seventh house it's gonna be affecting their relationships. So it's gonna be different for everybody based on where they have Gemini and then the 25th degree to the 16th degree, the span of degrees that will be affected in that sign. So if you're confused, tell um, <laughs> t- tell <laughs> Lynette in the chat and I'll come back to this and uh, help everybody sort that out. So uh, that's wow. the, this is how you can take the information that we're sharing here in the show and make it personal you get your own copy of your own chart and even if you don't understand it all completely you start to get familiar with well where are the zodiac signs they're going to be somewhere on that wheel because everybody has all 12 signs in their chart maybe no planets are in it so it's not activated all the time um, maybe there are planets in it and a transiting planet going through there stirs the pot and makes some, you know, action happen. Uh, but everybody's going to be different. So there's no one size fits all astrology chart or description that I can give you for what Mercury retrograde is going to do to you um, or for you. But I can tell you that in general, this is going to be a very mind busy time. We may feel more scattered. We may feel, you um, Worn out, like maybe you go to bed at night and you can't stop thinking long enough to go to sleep. So we're going to have to engage probably into some kind of mindfulness exercises, maybe meditation or um, getting exercise, right, so that your body is wearing out so that at night when you go to sleep, your mind doesn't turn on and suddenly uh, want to keep calculating and and checking in with everything. Uh, So that gives us at least this first salvo in May. Uh, for the retrograde of, of uh, Mercury. Now, right after Mercury comes Venus entering into Gemini and these guys, they've been traveling together. Mercury and, and Venus have been very close to one another. And that's not unusual because the two planets are between Earth and the Sun, so they're mm-hmm. inner planets, and so they're often you know tag teaming one another, going through a sign and the other one, but they're coming through very quickly to one another. So May third, Mercury moves into Gemini, and May eighth, Venus moves into Gemini. She gets a little flirty when she gets into Gemini, so our relationships maybe become a little um, less serious and more fun loving, or more light, or um, maybe even a little bit you know flirtatious. Um, it is a sign that when Venus is in it has you know uh, loves everybody and wants to talk to everybody and is very uh, communicative um so that bodes well i think for the whole of the month and there's nothing really major going on between the inner planet venus during that period of time i think the other planets are kind of taking over during the month of may from venus she was activated last month uh, or this month april she's activated right now because of the planets that are in taurus that are being affected um, so Taurus energy is ruled by Venus. So she's the, she's the queen this month, next month, it becomes Mercury as the king of planets. Oh. Uh, so they, they take turns, right? So it's her time to shine right now and his turn to shine next month. Right. Uh, but, but she of course doesn't, you know, go away peacefully into the night, never hmm. to be heard again, because she's going to play, you know, the flirty game and the, I'm going to talk and chat with everybody. Um, watch your interactions with people for uh, the next for the month of May. I bet you have lots of conversations. And of course, it's a month that we know of, you know, there are graduation ceremonies uh, in some places there are, it's Mother's Day. And it's Mm. also just the spring energy starts to bring us at least in the northern hemisphere out. And mm-hmm. maybe the fall energy begins to bring you back in home. So you're maybe more active with your family. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's quite the chatty month as we look at, at May. Now, there's something else extraordinary happening in May that um, it's, it's not unheard of to have this happen, but it doesn't happen very often. And that is that Jupiter, a planet that typically spends one year in one sign, 13 months usually in one sign without tipping over into another sign. But this year, Jupiter on December 21st, remember Jupiter and Saturn came together in a conjunction at zero degrees of Aquarius. That was sort of the herald that for the next 13 months or so, Jupiter would be in Aquarius. But the due to the geometry of the solar system, when Jupiter gets into the sign of Aquarius, it's almost like he speeds up. And so he's actually beginning to move out of Aquarius in May and giving us a little peep show into what happens when he's in Pisces. And so Jupiter moving into Pisces is, um, is a big deal, even though it's only, it's only going to be from May 13th to about the last week of June. So very short time, he's only moving two degrees into the sign of Pisces, and then he'll retrograde and go backwards. But for the month of May, as we get mid-May uh, to, the, to the end of June, we have this toe tap into um, Piscean energy. And of course, Piscean energy is highly imaginative. It's a sort of beautiful, creative energy, but it's also very spiritual and intuitive. So there's some really nice energies in Pisces and jupiter happens to be one of the co-rulers of pisces so we have a nice affinity in fact you know in pisces jupiter becomes very philosophical and very spiritual inclined to follow intuition or you know be clairaudient clairvoyant all of the those sort of uh, sixth senses come alive. And Mm -hmm. so we have really good access for those couple of months to that kind of energy as sort of a, a peer into 2022, because he'll retrograde backward into Aquarius and finish his transit in Aquarius through the rest of 2021. And then actually in December of 2021, move back into Pisces again. So we're getting a preview, if you will. It's like, you know, a Netflix show where you get to see the first five minutes of something and then, oh, it doesn't come on (laughs) until next month. Um, so we're going to get that kind of a preview. So pay attention, everybody about around, you know, May 13th through about June 21st, that will be the height of it and see what kinds of things are boiling up for you. What's coming up from beneath the surface. Jupiter expands and magnifies, grows, whatever it touches. It is the planet that brings us wisdom, right? As we evolve our consciousness. So what's evolving in your life? That will give you a clue Mm. as to, you know, this is like a gift from the universe for all of us, because we're getting this little preview of what 2022 may be like. Um, And, you know, it's not that things are going to change dramatically, but you may get like this little taste test (laughs) of, you know, something that may be coming up for you. And again, in your chart, it's going to look like, you know, where is Pisces in the chart? So let me go back to the screen to our pretend person here, uh, which isn't a person at all. Um, And here's what the sign of Pisces looks like. It's sort of similar to Gemini, if you think about it, um, only it's like, you know, two parentheses back to back with a crossbar. So here's the sign of Pisces, and wherever Pisces is in your chart, you'll see right in this chart, which happens to be the day of the eclipse, Jupiter is already at one degree, 11 minutes of Pisces. So it's happening, right? It's happening Mm -hmm. right here in, in the month of May. And as we look at that in our own personal charts, in this person's chart, if this were a person, it would be happening in their career in their, um, outer world focus. So it might be some form of reward or recognition coming their way. It might be some new opportunities that are coming up from, for, for them to, you know, grow and advance in their jobs, uh, or it might be something to do with their claiming of their authority and their own, you know, wisdom. So, Wherever it is in the chart is where you can expect sort of a preview, again, of something that may be coming for you later in um, in 2021 and then through 2022. It's kind of extraordinary that we get that opportunity. So there's that. We will get to that chart and actually look at it. Um, then, May 23rd, Saturn will turn retrograde. He's already made it to the furthest degree that he will be for 2021. And that's the 13th degree. So, for those of you who are waiting, you know, timing for your Saturn return, um, if you have your Saturn after 13 degrees, that won't be until next year. And if you've got it below that, then of course you've already had your Saturn return. So Saturn is a planet that spends about four months in retrograde, four to five, four and a half, five months in retrograde every year. And when Saturn turns into its retrograde phase, it's an opportunity for all of us to sort of recheck within ourselves about how it is that we're aligned with our authority, how we are aligned with our goals. Are we even do we even have a goal right have we even taken uh-huh. the time to determine where do i want to go who do i want to be where do i who do i want to be doing that with those kinds of things and setting those goals and the steps that we would take to get there saturn appreciates that kind of of approach to life when he turns retrograde he gives us the opportunity to make those changes on the inner realms so maybe we have to get clear within ourselves that you know what goal what do i want that's a good question during a saturn retrograde what do i want where do i want to claim my authority where do i want to have mastery in my life what am i here to uh, how am i here to show up in the world and am i showing up that way so for Saturn in retrograde, and I didn't put the dates down there, doggone it, but he'll, he'll be retrograde until September, I believe it is, or early October. And so for several months there, we have this opportunity to take a check in and uh, realign ourselves with our mastery, with what it is that we're here to really claim as our authority, you know, being authentic. And not showing Mm -hmm. up in somebody else's clothes trying to be somebody else, but -hmm. showing up in our own clothes, dressed the way that we like to be and doing the things that we love to do. So we have a chance now to sort of clean that up, shine it up on the inner realms. Make sense? Well, it does. Yes. And being giving us the
0: opportunity to stand within our own power, as you say, and um, be the real the real person rather than what we think others might want us to be.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, authority um, is you being the author of your life, right? The word Mm -hmm. authority has author in it. And that's what authorship is about your own. It's almost like you writing your story. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and we are writing our story, we may not be writing it out on paper, but we're writing our story based on what we're thinking about, and the actions that we take how we show up in every moment of every day. That's Mm -hmm. how we're writing our story. That's how we gain our authorship, if you will. And Saturn is a taskmaster, but he also offers up the rewards when you've done the work right then. The rewards tend to flow in and um, makes it worthwhile. All the times that you did your due diligence, the times that you were uber responsible, response able, um, then uh, Saturn rewards us with that, with whatever, right? Maybe it's, um, ah, thank you, Asa. I love you. Oh my gosh. I love you. Love you. Thank you for being out there. The Saturn... Uh, retrograde is May 23rd to October 11th. So October 11th, isn't that your birthday Asa? Uh, so that's when, uh, Saturn will turn back to forward motion. And, wow. uh, then that changes, of course, then the expression of everything that you've learned from the inner goes then outward from you. So it flows outward. So again, mm-hmm. we see this sort of pendulum swing, right? With the breathing in, and the breathing out. So mm-hmm. we have that every year, actually. So that's not necessarily a new cycle. Uh, but it's always worth mentioning when the outer cycle when the outer planets begin to do that, we already had Pluto go retrograde. Um, and now Saturn will be the next one. And Jupiter will do that in uh, June. So mm-hmm. those three when when they and, and Neptune will as, as well this summer. And Uranus probably does not go retrograde until August or September. So there Uranus is on his own. He does his own thing out there. He's never in, you know, <laughs> it's Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn that are often going in lockstep with Neptune not far behind. But Uranus like totally at the other end of the year because <laughs> he's different. <laughs> um, okay, so any questions from anybody out there in the audience?
0: No, no. We have Pauline and Asa with us, which is yes. wonderful. And nice.
1: yeah. Okay. Well, let's go on to actually look at the chart that I wanted to look at for its realness, mm-hmm. in its realness. Um, first of all, as we come up to the um, lunar eclipse, the lunar eclipse is only happens at a full moon. So you, if it's a new moon, then it's a solar eclipse if it's a full moon, then it's a, a lunar eclipse, right? So ah. they they can't, you, you can't have a lunar eclipse at a new moon, because it just doesn't happen that way. Wow. Um, so this one, uh, as an eclipse happens to be a more potent full moon, and a full moon, as most people are aware, is a time, it jacks up the energy, right? It's very highly energized. It's very Uh, much a time of bringing things to completion or an ending. It might be something being revealed that had been hidden from you because all of that light usually brings us something. Um, It might be a time of um, deciding to end something, right? That we we are choosing hopefully to, it's a choice for us to go forward with something or to let something go. So Mm -hmm. that's what our full moon is. But when we have a lunar eclipse, Attached to that it just sort of makes everything more energetic, and the effects of a full moon are shorter than the effects of a full moon lunar eclipse, a lunar eclipse affects us for about six months, where the full moon is really only for one moon cycle. Right. So, mm-hmm. so an eclipse then isn't you know something that just kind of goes away quietly into the dark we sort of have these reverberations of it all throughout that next six-month period and that six-month period is usually the next full moon lunar eclipse which for us won't be until november or december mm-hmm. it'll be in november and uh that's that's what that whole cycle is about for the eclipses, right? They run from one eclipse to the other. So the effects have, you know, bring lasting change or uh, an ending of sorts that maybe is a, a major ending, maybe someone who's leaving a job or a career or a relationship. Um, mm-hmm. So that type of thing. And it occurs when the earth is passing between the sun and the moon, right? So the, the earth acts as sort of the block Uh, to the light of the sun, making it to the moon. So for a time that moon looks dark, right? Or um, turns sort of that rusty red color. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's when you think about what those two bodies mean, the sun is the light, the personality, our ego. And then we look at the full moon or the moon, which is sort of our inner selves. We are given an opportunity at a full moon lunar eclipse to see things in greater light without the more emotion, uh, the more inner, uh, dimension, uh, of the moon. So in a full moon lunar eclipse then can be very powerful for making change in the outer world. So often we'll see things collapse or things come to a point, you know, ahead in terms of, um, you know, events, the world outside sent, tends to be a little crazy. <laughs> Things go a little wonky. Um, that kind of thing happens uh, you know, during that full moon and are heightened during a full moon lunar eclipse. Now I'm gonna share my screen with the actual document that we're not gonna look at this as a person now. This is the full moon's chart. So we can draw up a chart for a person, right? Based on their birth time, birth place and birth date. We can do the same thing for the moons and for an eclipse, an eclipse just being, you know, a a full moon. And so what we do is we just find the time of the moon. And this actually is happening. This is set for Washington, D.C., so East Coast time. And it will occur on May 26th at 7.14 a.m. That makes it 4.14 a.m. for those of us on the West Coast. And I do believe you're about, what, 15 hours ahead of me? Oh yes, I get confused, Janet. Because so I say yeah, you're right. 15. No? So no, no, four no. and fifteen is gonna make it seven p.m. at night for you the next day. Right. No, the same day. It'll be on the same day. Right? Because okay. if 414 a.m. of the twenty sixth, it would be nineteen hundred or seven p.m. your time. All right, yes.
0: How, you know i i know it's 24 hour time and i see it as you are 7 hours ahead of us but a day behind so if you take um 7 from 24 oh. that makes it 17 hours difference doesn't it which is yeah. oh
1: god i don't know that just twists my head up you'd think i would I be good at that but like- yeah. I always I'm very grateful for my
0: phone that will tell me the difference, you know, what the time is in all of these other yes. places. Yes,
1: yes, yes. Mm. But um I can go I, I can go look maybe Asa, if you have a chance, maybe you can check that out for us and say like, what time is the eclipse in Australia. And you're in Melbourne, right? I'm in Melbourne. Yes. Yeah, so let's just do it for Melbourne, Melbourne, Australia, if you have the time, Asa, if not, no worries. Um, I'll look that up later and post it for your listeners on your page. Oh, nice. Yeah, because it would be worthwhile to know when that's happening, no matter where you are. And if it's in the dark of the day, right, early in the morning or late at night, you're going to get to see it. Um, and your days are getting shorter at this point in time. Is that correct? mm you're moving from fall into winter or moving from you're into fall now so maybe maybe you'll have a a greater chance of of seeing it that would be lovely yeah wouldn't that be nice but now yes. if we, if we look at this from the astrological standpoint, then let's get out of the astronomical stuff. Not that I don't like the astronomy of it, but the astrology of this, we look to see where the sun is and here's the symbol for the sun. And then we look to the symbol of the moon and we see that they're in opposition to one another across the chart. That's what a full mm-hmm. moon is when the sun and the earth are, I mean, when the sun and the moon are yeah. at opposite ends of the earth right? So a full moon is when the earth falls between the sun and the moon, but without the directness of it being right in the middle where it blocks the shadow of it, then we just experience it as a full moon. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now what else drives an eclipse and makes it so powerful is the connection to the North and the South nodes. And the nodes are actually a They're a mathematical point. There's not a north node of the moon out there that you can see or connect to. Um, Asa, let's see if she gave us that information. Oh. Oh. It doesn't recognize my face in the darkishness here. So Wednesday, May 26th at 6.47 p.m. Right. Thank you very much, Asa. But why 47, Asa, if this one is at 14 after? You might check that and make sure that's not the new moon. Yeah, either that or I have the wrong time, which is entirely possible. Hmm. Um, I, I, I will recheck my time, but because it shouldn't be off minutes, they should be to the same minute unless you change time by half hour increments, which no. I don't think you do. No. Yeah. So anyway, that tells us we were right on. We were, You were close to 7 p.m. at night, you said. So there we have that. Ah. Now, in the chart here, what we're seeing is that the sun is very close to the north node and the moon is very close to the south node. So the closer that the points are, the sun and moon are to those points, that is telling us that you're having an eclipse happening and tells you how powerful the eclipse is too, based on how close they are. Mm -hmm. When we have a full moon lunar eclipse, we have, at least right now, we have the moon conjunct the south node. Now, the nodes act like um, indicators of the past and the future. So the north node shows us what direction we're meant to move into. And the mm-hmm. south node shows us what things that we have in our bucket, right, that we've experienced and, and uh, what things we might have to let go of in order to move forward toward the north node. Mm-hmm. So when we have an eclipse, then the nodes are involved. And at this point, then the moon is showing us the south node in Sagittarius. So what we're having to let go of, right, this is the let go side. So the things that we might be having to work through releasing or having a revelation about or just plain old coming to completion with has to do with Sagittarian things like beliefs, like patterns, like how do we free ourselves, right? Where have we been locked up? Where have we been caught up and not been able Mm -hmm. to have freedom? And usually we find in a South node situation like this, that it's, it all comes back home to ourselves, a belief or a pattern or something, some thing that we've gotten caught up in a rut perhaps, or um, some other kind of situation where, where we're holding on to the past. So Mm -hmm. this is a great opportunity to let go of the past, but I'll tell you something, a secret here often Mm -hmm is the past being ripped away from us in some way, right? Some we lose a sort of innocence here with um, a full moon lunar eclipse, because sometimes it is uh, forced upon us because we've been holding on too tight. It's entrenched and we're rigid and we can't, we're stubborn and we're stuck. So the moon uh-huh. comes along at a, an eclipse giving us the opportunity for release. But if we're not willing to release, sometimes (laughs) it's the universe doing it for us on our behalf. (laughs) And then, right, which is what gives the full moon lunar eclipse, such a superstitious sort of uh, a viewpoint, because it's often some very dramatic and traumatic things are attached to that moon. And it's often, it doesn't, it doesn't come out of nowhere right? Usually the things that have happened during a full moon lunar eclipse are things that were in the works. Like the handwriting was on the wall, you just didn't do anything about it. And Mm -hmm. the eclipse comes along and creates that course correction or the opportunity to course correct, right? We always have the opportunity. Our true free will is in how we respond to whatever it is that shows up in our world. And of course, that is also going to be shown to you by the house placement of the moon during the eclipse. If this chart were a person, this is happening in the house of relationships or marriage. So it may be something in within the confines of a relationship that has to to be let go of. Maybe it's actually the breakup of a relationship. Um, It's hard to say without looking at a chart and seeing what other things are all about. Um, It may be this person would have to square with what it is they're seeing in the mirror of their relationships. Maybe they keep blaming their spouse or blaming their significant others for things. And it's a comeuppance time where you go, oh, gosh, that was really me all along, right? I see clearly now. Um, and and so that would be what that is driving the moon during this time. There's an actual theme in uh, Dane Rugier's book, which I love, called An Astrological Mandala every degree of the zodiac has a theme associated with it. And the theme here for this moon is about growing a new group spirit, simultaneously letting go of old beliefs and adopting new, right, in order to make room for new beliefs. And I see this kind of happening um, pre-eclipse uh, here in the U.S. with the um, verdict yesterday in the case where George Floyd was killed by a police officer, and the police officer was found guilty, and he's now going to jail. And it gives us an opportunity, I think, and often the eclipse energy doesn't happen the day of the eclipse. It can happen a few weeks before the eclipse, um, and even up to the eclipse, it's like coming at during the time and then just after, and uh, it gives us a possibility to enter into a new conversation here in the U.S., but not just the U.S., all around the world. So I think we're seeing uh, that as one of the themes where we have, can grow a new spirit of of humanity, not based on race, but based on we're all humans, right? And we're wow. all in this together. So yep. there's that. So I think I see that as a, uh, one of the themes possibly that's been enacted by this. Um, Uh, impending, let's say, uh, full moon lunar eclipse. But we also have to look at the sun because it's the sun that's left shining when the earth passes between the two and the moon is attached to the south node. The sun is coming up with the north node and -hmm. the north node shows us our trajectory. Where are we going? What direction is opening up for us? Or um, it often will show us the path that we've resisted going down, that we must go down. And in this case, that is in Gemini energy. So following curiosity, um, communication, um, changing the thought processes, working differently with the mind and the way that we think. And the North Node here in Gemini as well. And with the two of these together, it shows us a new path forward. And the, the theme here is about balancing the sacred past, right? The experiences, everything that's happened, the sum total of who we are, the stories that make us human, and blending that with the strength and power of the future so that we have an evolutionary purpose that pops out at us during this period of time. So there's a trajectory almost that we can tap into here. And it's happening for us personally, but it's also happening for us collectively. So these are more collective themes. But you could also use those same themes in your own personal life, again, based on the house placement of that particular eclipse. The sun here with the north node in this chart of a person, let's say, would be about their personal selves and how they're claiming their, their power. Are they evolving and or are they dying on the vine, right? There's always that choice. So we see that here in this particular chart. Now, one last thing, sometimes I like to look at the other planets that are playing out there. And mm-hmm. seeing what are they adding to or how are they changing the, the focus of, of the eclipse or the full moon or anything for that matter. I do this both for new moons, full moons, and then, of course, eclipses. And we see a very tight Saturn-Uranus square, a square is a 90 degree relationship between the planets that connotes a sort of challenge to us, that there's something we have to work through if we really want to get to where we want to be. And what we have to work through here is so appropriate, right? We're working through Saturn's old energy, the past, and what we held as tradition or what is in our collective past experiences and we're challenged to rise to the new Uranus holds the potential for what's new and Mm -hmm. the new direction that we need to go either way, these two coming together in fixed signs. We just talked about this on Monday in our morning show, the fixed signs show us where it is. We're kind of stuck in the mud where we've gotten caught up in a rut both Aquarius, which is this symbol here, and Taurus are fixed signs. So these planets are showing us where, we've come to, where we we've come to, we come to stuck or to uh, caught up in our old ways, where we keep paying lip service to something that we want to change, but then nothing changes, right? And wow. it was interesting to note that some of the comments out of yesterday's verdict were things like, well, yeah, that's great. That that's a start but it doesn't really take us to the nitty-gritty of what's gone on here right there's this is a great start it's a good step in the right direction but there's a whole host of reasons why this is happening and we can't just you know send one man to jail and expect that now all police officers are not going to have racist tendencies and i'm not saying that all police officers have racist tendencies either so don't don't go there Um, so, so we have more work to do is the point, right? And that's being shown here in this moon, that there's still more work to do for us to embrace the new, taking Mm -hmm. the best of the past. We don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. That doesn't help either. We have to remember where we've come from so that we don't make those same mistakes again and again and again. But lately we've been making the same mistakes again and again and again. So hopefully things are changing up with this dynamic that's going on.
0: Let's hope so, because we, we do need to change in this
1: world. Absolutely. No kidding. And you know, the, the, this race relations thing is just one piece. There's also a global climate change and there's Mm. this virus that's going around and how that's been affecting everything. And I mean, the environment and how we grow our food. I mean, there are many topics that Mm -hmm. can come into play At this period of time so it's not just that but it's the one that's in my mind right now that's really showing us something uh it's very demonstrative of these energies right i that's how i view that now i want to look at this because i know gosh we're winding down time already i want to take a look at this now through human design because i know a lot of people out there like human design and it's always interesting to me to see how the plan planets in human design are behaving while we're looking at the astrology of it as well so what we're going to see here is the sun is going to position at the gate 20 which is a a gate on the throat that in quantum human design is called the gate of patience so gate 20 the sun is calling upon us to have patience the earth and the moon are in a conjunction during a full moon right? That's just kind of implied. It's not something that we usually talk about except in human design that in a a full moon, the earth and the moon are in a conjunction, meaning they're in the same degree or so of the zodiac or in Mm -hmm. human design, they're in the same gate and they're going to be in the gate of power, the gate 34. While that is not so interesting in and of itself, separately, you take these and you put them together And they form an actual channel in our human design that is the archetype of the manifesting generator. So there is tremendous potential in this full moon lunar eclipse for major change to take place in response, because this is called the channel of responsive power. So the power lies in our response to what shows up in our outer world right so we're not just acting we're not taking you know 20 steps and just throwing spaghetti out there at the wall to see what sticks we're actually purposefully moving using our power to move forward in ways that are showing up in our outer world for us to respond to does that make sense yes yeah so we're not using our minds or our intuition to say oh yeah i'm going to go that way i'm going to do that we're we're waiting until there's actually something real in the outer world that prompts us to move in that direction. And when we do this, we are engaged. That's where the patience come in (laughs) Mm because we have to be patient because our tendency is to want to just jump in and leap into things or out of things even. But if if we don't have something in the outer world that was showing us that that's what was indeed correct, then we end up wasting our energy, wasting our power. Mm -hmm. So we're bringing power and patience together in response to what is showing up in our outer world. And through human design, we can see that then that's the pathway for us to make key changes in the world. Mm -hmm. We don't want to just say, okay, this is wrong. We're going to change that. That's wrong. We're going to change that. That's wrong. We're going to change that. We want to do it in response to things that are showing up in our outer world.
0: That is wonderful, Janet. It's about putting best foot forward, isn't it? Really looking at our lives and, and trusting as well, rather than, as you say, jumping in, Mm
1: -hmm. having patience and trust. Yeah, exactly. And there's a little bit of deliberateness here too. Like, like we have to really embrace this idea, this notion that we can't keep doing things the same way, right? That's That's psychotic, right? (laughs) Hitting my head up against the brick wall, expecting a new result, but always getting the same result. So in a way, we have to step outside of ourselves and uh, deliberately embrace something new in order to really make the best use of this time period that's coming up. Right. Bennett, I would like
0: to welcome Tom And London, now they both realise that they have joined late. They (laughs) also realise that there is a replay and that's so I'd like to thank them for (laughs) allowing me to uh, use them as an example and, and remind everybody that, okay, if you do miss the live broadcast, you can watch Again, and, of course, in the live broadcast, Janet, there is so much information today. It's probably a good idea for people to revisit anyway so that uh, (laughs) things that might have been overload, I know it is for me, it's a case of, okay, sit down and watch again and again, either via Angel Heart Radio or YouTube. They're the two that come to mind
1: very quickly and easily yeah you re- you broadcast onto facebook so it's already there but yes. then you also turn it into youtube or did you broadcast live to well, youtube it, we as broadcast
0: well? through there as well
1: oh yes. cool. i didn't know that I, I knew it was facebook that you broadcasted live too i didn't know it was going out live on youtube as well right nice i do believe that okay. i love choice choices <laughs> i know
0: isn't it wonderful yes Definitely. So good, uh, yes, yes. and a Facebook page as well. Now, Janet, we've met. You have mentioned lots and lots of information. However, people also need to know about your show that you do, and also your website because there you are very generous and you offer a free Human Design chart.
1: Yeah, a chart with a report. So if you just go to my website at www.living-astrology.com and um, request your free human design chart, but you can also request your free uh, astrology chart. And I always recommend for people when you show up at these, you know, broadcasts or when you show up in my morning show, have those with you, right? Because first of all, I can never really predict what's going to come up um, and you know, you may have a question about your human design chart, and it would be nice to have that there so you can look at it. Or if we're talking about Mercury turning retrograde in Gemini, you are able to see right where Gemini is in your chart, and so those are given out for free. And um, all you have to do is go to the site, and you'll see the pages that you can do that with.
0: Fantastic! Pauline has very kindly put up your web page.
1: Thank in you, my picture. dear.
0: So that's very lovely. I love it. Pauline was also saying Friday at 8am Pacific time at Living Astrology on YouTube.
1: Correct. That's I, so I broadcast Mondays and Fridays uh, to YouTube. And then I do post it back later up on Facebook, but um, yeah, I, yeah, that's how I do it. It's a little bit more work, but Facebook was so glitchy there for a while and weird people were joining my show and doing weird things. And so I kind of got burned out with Facebook broadcasts. <laughs> trolls, the trolls found me on Facebook. <laughs>
0: Janet, it has been an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you so, so much. And thank you everybody, wherever you ha- have been, uh, for joining us we always enjoy having people that that we know are there with us we know we have an invisible audience it's always wonderful to know uh specific people who have taken the time to share in the chat so thank you thank you thank you yep and thank you Annette
1: for having me on I'll see you in June you will oh my goodness me that when <laughs> when the year is no, it'll be May through. It'll be May. It'll be May. I was going to say, whoa. Holy cow, I just did a time jump. Yeah, it'll be May. Sorry, (laughs) people. Sorry, sorry. That's okay. (laughs) That makes me feel a bit better. It's because in my astrologer's mind, I'm always living a month ahead. Like I'm already, you know, it's April, but I'm already in May chomping through all of this information. So, of course, it was June that was next. (laughs) that's what
0: we might be talking about
1: next time
0: with you janet and everyone i look forward to being here next week april this year has five thursdays so i will have a very special guest next week in the meantime make the most of every moment that you can make a difference to yourself and to others bye for now bye everyone You've been listening to another fabulous program on Angel Heart Radio. Our goal is to remind you of how much you matter in the world and to let you know that we appreciate who you are in the world. Angel Heart Radio programs are a powerful tool. They are not intended nor should they be used to replace your medical or legal advice. The views and opinions expressed by Angel Heart Radio hosts, guests, co-hosts and associates should not be construed as advice from Angel Heart Radio.